brother i'm grace hello brother i'm stephanie and this is doppelgangers today we're talking about season three episode 11 of the vampire diaries which is called a town what a fun little episode this is a really good episode heavy on the caroline which i've been needing personally mm-hmm. caroline's been on the back burner for a while she's coming back yeah back with the bang but there's also a lot of Klaus Stefan drama, whose town really is it? This town's not big enough for the two of us, blah, blah, blah. A lot of Elena Stefan drama, town history. Yes, Delena Hive, you guys had a rough night. Delena Hive is not a fan of this episode. <laughs> Delena Hive says, I pretend I do not see it. So, as always, we're going to start with the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Although Caroline is in no mood to celebrate her 18th birthday, Elena, Bonnie, and Matt surprise her with a small party in an unusual location. (laughs) Damon and Stefan disagree on the best way to handle Klaus, and a reckless Stefan decides to test his theory by taking things to dangerous extremes. Bonnie is concerned when Elena tells her about Jeremy's new plans. At a founder's meeting, Alaric once again runs into Dr. Fell, who is in the middle of an argument with her ex-boyfriend, the medical examiner. Tyler refuses to go along with Klaus's latest demand and is surprised when Klaus seems to accept his decision. (laughs) He should be surprised. Yeah, should be shocking. Yeah, you should have asked some more questions, Tyler. He really starts to see the logic that was shoved right in his face last episode that he just ignored. Yeah, Tyler's starting to catch on. But we start the episode with Damon in the shower. He's half naked. This is the impact of the Gossip Girl on the CW universe. You got to have some sexiness. And he is having the happiest morning of his life. He is smiling. He's dancing. He's giggling. Meanwhile, Elena is at Alaric's apartment punching a punching bag. (laughs) Two very different reactions to that kiss. Rick can't help but notice this. And he says, hey, you're going to put a hole in that. Do you want to talk? And she says, no, there's nothing to talk about. Alaric clocks that and he saves it for later. Yeah, Alaric's like, it really seems like there is something to talk about. You clearly have a lot you're letting out right now. But he smartly just says, okay, you know what? We'll get there when we get there. I'm not going to push. Then we go over to the Salvador house. Damon's getting out of the shower. He runs into Stefan and Stefan's like, hey, um, we're late. We're supposed to meet Bonnie at the old witch house in 10 minutes. I love that he also calls it the old witch house. <laughs> it's a standard name. You know, what else are you going to call it? It says what it needs to say. Yeah. Damon says, hey, relax. You don't want your hair to fall out. And Stefan says, uh, hurry. Stefan's like, blah, blah, blah. We have to go. Why are you just giggling and dawdling? Stefan is like, why are you so happy? And Damon says, no reason. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Wink. And then we go back over to Alaric's apartment and he says, hey, uh, why are you so worked up, Elena? And she says, oh, I didn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I bet you didn't. And he says, yeah, well, me either, you know, because I died. Alaric's like, I feel like people just move past me dying awful fast. He's like, I know I get brought back to life by this ring, but I do die. I really feel like none of you would come to my funeral if it happened. Like, I'm getting concerned that you guys don't actually care if I live or die. (laughs) I was hit by a car in front of you, and that's not even what you're punching this punching bag about. And he says, yeah, but, you know, I'm okay." I just think the ring is running low on batteries. And Elena says, that's another great reason for Jeremy to get out of town. If those rings have a shelf life, neither of you are protected. Alaric says, well, hey, good news is you're getting stronger. And she says, yeah, I'm channeling frustration. And he clocks that, but he doesn't 
outright ask her what the frustration is, but he notices and she knows he notices. Cause he's probably like, it could be Jeremy, but he's like, but it seems like it's not. So Elena's like, you know what? I'm going to get some coffee. She goes over to get some coffee and Alaric says, so, um, looks like Damon's compulsion worked. Jeremy was packing when I left the house. Uh, he's really excited about his new school in Denver. And Elena says, Hey, uh, silly little question just popped into my head. I haven't been thinking about it all morning. Uh, have you talked to Damon yet today? And he says, no, why? He's like, interesting thing that you would ask me about after I bring up your brother moving to Denver. And she says, well, you know, no reason. Which I think it's really funny that after all this time shitting on Jeremy, smoking weed, they sent him to Denver. No wonder he's excited. Yeah, he's like, fuck yeah. He said, I'll go to Denver. Don't even compel me, dude. Yeah, I'm good. So then we go over to the old witch house. Bonnie is doing some spell to open the mystery coffin it's not working and then the coffins disappear and she hears footsteps so you have to assume that like someone's there who the witches are hiding the coffins for to which i say they couldn't have hid bonnie yeah <laughs> you could have just let her get killed by a hybrid they're like sorry girl we are still mad about you uh bringing that boyfriend of yours back to life so we won't be hiding you we have a limit here and a shadow passes by. She says, hello. And then we go outside the house and see Damon and Stefan approaching. So we know they're not in the house yet. So that means something nefarious is afoot. And Stefan says, hey, did you tell Elena anything? And Damon's like, no, I promised I wouldn't tell her. Stefan's like, yeah, I know what you promised. I'm asking if you told her something. Yeah, he's like, I know you said you wouldn't tell her, but that's not what I asked. I'm asking if you did anyway. It begs for confirmation. And he's like, you know, because protecting the location of these coffins is like really important. Priority number one, I might even say. And the less people who know, the better. And Damon says, yeah, okay. And then Damon clearly senses some like weird energy. Yeah. And Stefan's like, what? This is just example number one of Damon's vampire instincts are at such a higher level than Stefan's right now. I don't think Stefan cares to be listening this much because he doesn't care if Bonnie dies. He just cares if the coffins get found. Shouldn't he? Well, I guess he knows that magic is going to hide them, so it doesn't matter. And if he runs into a hybrid, he'll just kill him. He has nothing to worry about. He's not turning on his vampire skills. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. His humanity's off. Back in the basement, Bonnie is looking around, and she sees Damon. He shushes her. And then outside, Stefan runs into a hybrid. And the hybrid looks like he's about to bite Stefan, but he really, like, takes his time with it. Just enough time for Damon to pull out the hybrid's hurt. Yeah, he growls in his face a little bit. It's like, no, I get it. I see the teeth. I see the eyes. Like, I I get that you're a hybrid. Like, can we just get to the fucking point of this interaction, buddy? Typical werewolf. And Damon says, wow, these hybrids are really bringing the neighborhood down. So then we go over to the school. Elena and Bonnie are decorating Caroline's locker for her birthday. It's really cute. So cute. I love to see them being friendly. And Caroline deserves to have a beautiful locker. I imagine Caroline's the type or was the type, you know, prior to this episode, as we see to really make a big deal out of her birthday. And they confirm that for us later in the episode that she's a big birthday girl. We have to postulate, of course, based on what time of year it is, it's post-homecoming. We have to assume her birthday is sometime in October or November, which means she is likely a Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius area. Long ago, I guessed Caroline was a Sagittarius. Grace does not believe that that was my guess, but I know. Okay, Caroline's birthday is October 10th, 1992. So Caroline confirmed Libra. I don't know if I totally buy that, but fine. 
Yeah, I would have sooner bought Virgo over Libra, but but also this show's not written for the horoscope signs. Yeah, but just something to unpack. So anyway, Elena and Bonnie are both in like kind of down moods and they're not being totally honest with each other. So this conversation gets a little awkward between them. They've both been running late. Bonnie says she was working on new spells. Not really the truth because, well, I guess the truth, but hiding the real purpose of it. Hiding the reason she was working on new spells. And Elena says she's late because she was working out with Alaric, which is also true. But you want to mention you kissed Damon or what? Yeah. You want to share that information? And I thought she was going to when she starts this conversation. I thought that's what she had to tell Bonnie. They're trying to be happy in spite of their drama. And Elena says, "Okay, let's get this off the table. I have something to tell you and you're not going to like it. So Jeremy's leaving town for a while. He's going to be staying with friends in Denver until this Klaus thing blows over. And Bonnie isn't immediately upset by that statement, but she is confused because she's like, well, Jeremy wouldn't leave you to deal with Klaus on your own. And Elena doesn't bury the lead. She doesn't dance around it. She says, yeah, I know. I told Damon to compel him. Uh, Bonnie is immediately mad at this because she doesn't like vampires as a general rule. She doesn't like compulsion as a general rule. Yeah, she doesn't like when compulsion starts like gnawing at someone else's choices in that way. But Elena lays out all the reasons she decided it was the right decision. It's not safe for him. It gives him a better life. And she's just saying, look, I'm only telling you this because I know you two haven't worked out all your stuff. So I thought you would want to say goodbye. So Bonnie looks longingly at Jeremy down the hall as she considers this new information she's been told. And then we go over to the old witch house. Damon hits the problem coffin with a shovel repeatedly. And Stefan reminds him, of course, that's a waste of his time. Yeah, Stefan's like, don't you think I fucking tried a shovel at this like, point? Come on. We're not opening it with yeah. any tool we have here. Damon says he buried the hybrid body and Stefan confirms that no more have come by since then. Although if Klaus is running a tight ship over there, you have to assume he's like, oh, you know, Eric was sent over to the old witch house and he didn't come back. So I'm guessing someone killed him. So I'm guessing that's where the coffins are. You would think that he would be tracking where they're going. I bet he was like, go look for the coffins. I bet he loses track of how many hybrids he has. Yeah, because he doesn't really care that much about them because he knows he can make more. And Damon lays out for us kind of the breakdown of the coffins. He says, okay, so Klaus has six siblings. We're not totally sure where he got that number, but it is what we're accepting as canonic truth. He says, Rebecca is now with Klaus. There was one kid who was dead in the old world, one kid who was dead in the new world. Henrik, remember him? Mm -hmm. And so that leaves Elijah and two others, which means there's three sleeping originals and four coffins. So we don't know who's in the lockbox. I know this isn't the point, but I would love for you to guess what the two originals who are sleeping's names are who we haven't met yet. Okay. We know Klaus, Elijah, Rebecca, Henrik, Michael, and Esther. That's quite a range. So what do you think the other two's names are? And you can pick gender, pick whatever you want. I'm going to do two female, two male. Just hedge my bets. Yeah, cast a wide net. Assuming that they're all in the gender binary, which I think is probably an accurate assumption. For 2012. Or 2012 slash 1000 AD. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to think Viking type things. Okay. Victor. Okay. Edward. Okay. You think they would name a vampire Edward with Twilight being out and everything? I think they might. Just asking. I'm thinking of old, although that's more Victorian and I need to think more Viking. I mean, is Rebecca Viking? You could make the argument. Sure. It's interesting because, you know, there could be like a more modern name in there that they, you know, one of them could be Trevor. (laughs) 
one of them could just be like Kyle. <laughs> one of them could be named Michael, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> and let's do a couple female names. I was going to say Lauren. <laughs> yeah, be it. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> that was what I had. <laughs> no, let me think of serious guesses. This is so stupid because I just said Victor, but Victoria. <laughs> I mean, it could be. I have like three ideas, clearly. What if they're twins, Victor and Victoria? One more. Chloe. I'm saying that because my Brad stall is staring at me. Th- those are some guesses thrown out. We'll see if any of them were the names. I feel pretty good about Victor. Okay. We'll see if you should. I can't imagine any of those are right. You never know. So they're, you know, discussing who's in the lockbox. And Stefan says, well, whatever is in here, Bonnie seems to think it'll help us kill Klaus. So as soon as we can get this thing open, that's, you know, the sooner we'll know. Damon, you know, kind of shouts to the void, but also to all the witch spirits. He said, you know, you would think if these witches can hide all these coffins that they'd figure out how to open one, which I kind of have to agree with him here. No shade to the witches. I do have to agree with him here, but I think that's a sign that, it's a choice to keep it closed. Likely a choice by the original witch. Why do you think the original witch wants to keep it closed? Do you think it is going to help Klaus and that's why she wants it closed? I think it will either help Klaus or reveal too much of their history or something else. You know what could be in there? Although if it were this, the original witch would want it open. I was going to say a big log of white oak tree. I said that last episode. I said, do you think it's just a bunch of white oak steaks? Oh, I remember because you said that and I was like, well, it would make a noise. If it were one big log, it wouldn't make a noise. It would feel like a body. Oh, that's in- that, that's interesting. Because, of course, magic wouldn't be able to shield what a coffin feels like. Like the Maraca vibe. Surely there's no spell for that. I'm being sarcastic. But I think it's probably something that the original witch wants hidden. because, Or else, yeah, the witches would just open it. Interesting. Like, if it was something that would kill Klaus, why would the original witch not help them open it? Like, Damon makes a point here. I think that's a good question to be asking. Stefan says, okay, well, none of this work we're doing is going to do us any good if Klaus's hybrids find our hiding spot. So we need to get rid of the hybrids. And Damon says, uh, yeah, duh, of course we do. But that's not like a thing we can ask for right now. You might as well just ask Klaus to take a vacation while you're at it. Let's just like keep the peace and not draw attention to the thing we're trying to hide. And Stefan says, actually, no, I will not be playing defense when I have what he wants. He does what I say or I'm going to dump his family into the ocean. And I would argue when you have something he wants, that's the time to play defense. You're defending the thing you have. I think you can make that argument, but at the end of this episode, Stefan does end up being right. He does end up like being right, but it just seems like it's not really necessary because you have the spell. The hybrids can't see the coffins. So even if they find the house, they can't see the coffins. So it's kind of like, why bother? If Stefan's endgame is to destroy Klaus, just like taking his family and then not doing anything else isn't going to do anything. It just puts them in this stalemate. So this is the only time Stefan can actually make more demands. So I'm actually on Stefan's side in this. I do think now is not the time to play defense. Granted, it puts a lot of people in a worse position than him, but his humanity is off, so he doesn't really care. I think defense makes sense if his final goal is just, I don't want Klaus to ever see his family again. Yeah. But it does seem like he wants to like, not just like keep it away from Klaus, but actively like ruin the chance of seeing them again, which for that goal, yes, defense is not enough. Yeah. 
I think that's a little bit meaner than it needs to be personally, but his humanity's off. So whatever, that's a different choice. So I think if it were just about hiding the coffins, defense would be the right call, but that's clearly not what the point is for Stefan. He hid them. Now he wants to rub it in Klaus's face. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think Damon thought he was coming into a plan that was just like, we're hiding these coffins. And that's not at all what Stefan's plan was. Stefan has bigger dreams, which I don't blame him for having these dreams. uh, But I do think it puts a lot of people in precarious positions. And he's basically shooting any goodwill people have for him in the foot. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. He's like, oh, Klaus took everything from me. Okay, it seems like you're helping him, buddy. But but who am I? Yeah, exactly. And Damon says, look, if you dump his family into the ocean, if you make demands, Klaus is going to kill you and everyone we know, including me, BTW, who you've saved before. So, like, I feel like that might matter to you. So, so that might affect your opinion here. Just throwing it out. And Stefan says, uh, no, he's very much bluffing and his family means so much more to him. And Damon says, I don't really know that. And Stefan says, hey, there's only one way to find out. You know, we got to call his bluff. And to be fair, like this is a good read on Klaus that Stefan has, but Damon doesn't have enough information to agree with that read. So he's like, I don't know. I think you're putting a lot of stock in how much Klaus cares about his family. And Stefan's like, oh, no, trust me, he does. And Damon's like, that's not enough for me. Yeah, to be fair, (laughs) Stefan is reading it correctly that if Klaus is afraid that his family will be gone and he can't create hybrids so he can't get new family, he will do what Stefan says. Because Klaus's biggest fear on the planet is being alone, which Klaus, you need to work that out. I mean, that is just dumb for that to be your biggest fear. But it's just true. It is. And so this is a good read, but Damon doesn't have the information that shows how good of a read this is. So he's like, I don't really think this plan is like as safe as you think it is. Which is why Stefan never should have let him in on this plan. Yeah. Damon doesn't get it. And he's right. No one was going to be on his team here. Because Damon makes a good point that the only way to call Klaus's bluff is to be willing to lose everything if you're wrong. The good news for Stefan is he doesn't care. He's willing to lose everything. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I've thought that through. That's where I'm at. He's like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm signing up for. I want to throw his family in the ocean. And Stefan walks away from this conversation, which is a bad sign that Damon should be more immediately concerned with. But I guess he's still in a good mood from kissing Elena. I don't know. Yeah, he's still got those little uh, bluebirds flying around his head. So we go over to the school. Bonnie approaches Jeremy by his locker and she says, oh, Denver, huh? And she's like, were you going to say goodbye? And he's like, uh, I really thought you hated me since I, you know, cheated on you with a ghost. Yeah, he's like, I kind of thought you wouldn't want to talk to me. And she says, of course I care about you. You know, I was hurt, but I didn't want you to leave town. Girl, get up. <laughs> don't don't care about Jeremy Gilbert. Are you saying that to Bonnie or to me? I'm saying it to anyone out there who's a Jeremy Gilbert stan. Please stop. He's not worth it. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. He says, you know, I think it'll be good to go to Denver. I can live a better life there until all this stuff blows over. And Bonnie says, huh, that's exactly what Elena said. Yeah, girl, we know how compulsion works. I feel like she's trying to like hint something to Jeremy that she's like, that's exactly what Elena said to me, like the exact words. Yeah. What do you think that means, Jeremy? And he says, what do you mean? She says, nothing. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry you have to go. And so she didn't get through to him at all because <laughs> he's stupid. Well, she could have pushed it more. I think she was like, no, I shouldn't just call it the compulsion right away. I got to think about this a little more. I'm just a little mad right now. 
She's like, it's not really my business. Yeah. Not my brother. We're not even dating because, again, he cheated on me with a ghost. Yeah. And then Caroline drives up to the school. She seems to be in a pretty down mood, even though we know it's her birthday. And then we see Tyler spot her and she's like, oh, great. Here we go. So she gets out of the car and tries to walk past him, but he approaches her and she says, I can't talk to you. And he says, look, I know you're upset. And she says, upset? You almost got Jeremy killed. And he's like, well, to be fair, I just didn't think it through. (laughs) In my defense, I wasn't thinking that hard about it. She says, you know, before you ask me to understand or support you, can you at least like tell me what you're planning to do about your sire bond to Klaus? He says nothing. And he says, excellent question. Um, Yeah, there's nothing I'm planning to do. There's nothing I can do. That's kind of the point. Uh, I just wanted you to know that I understand why you can't be with me. Because even though I want to put you first, I physically can't and I'll never be able to, even though I haven't even tried any little hint of effort and I'm not planning on it. Uh, Anyway, I'm sorry. (laughs) The most was last episode listening to people be like, you know, your logic's dumb, right? And even that was too much effort for him. I get that he feels hopeless, but it's so funny because he's going up to Caroline as if he's been like fighting the Sire Bond at all. He hasn't. And I get like, I think he had good points that he's like you know there's no point in fighting it because i can't do anything about it but it's like you haven't looked into it that much like there probably is something you can do ask your witch friend maybe you learned what a sire bond was two weeks ago so like (laughs) go do some research talk to alaric who is notable supernatural scholar i mean ask anyone anything like he's never been a an overachiever (laughs) He's never even been an achiever. He like Googled sire bond and Google was like, there's no results. And he was like, oh, well, I tried. He's like, well, damn, I guess there's nothing I can do. He went on Yahoo Answers and posted like, how do you get rid of his sire bond? And it was like, what are you talking about? And he texted Cha-Cha. And he was like, well, I guess there's nothing I can do. Yeah, he spent no more than 20 minutes looking it up. And he was like, well, guess that's it then. Well, it's over. Tyler says, I'm sorry, just wanted you to know that. And she cries. She's like, I'm sorry, too. Yeah, because this is pretty clearly a breakup on her fucking birthday. And he hasn't even said happy birthday yet. But then at the end of the conversation, he does. He gives her a little bag. He says, happy birthday. And he opens it to reveal what I believe to be a hideous charm bracelet. But Stephanie, you have a different opinion. I don't like it, but I don't hate it. First of all, using an organza bag, he did not break the bank for this yeah he did not i buy a lot of jewelry and organza bags it's cheaper i wasn't immediately against it because grace said wait till you see how ugly this jewelry is and i was like okay it's a charm bracelet with a chunky chain like not my favorite i like the idea of a charm bracelet this is like a giant charm bracelet but i'm not absolutely against it because i do feel like caroline's a charm bracelet girly i just feel like this particular charm bracelet is not caroline's style Caroline is much more, if she's going to wear a charm bracelet, which I would argue she wouldn't, it would be much more understated and also curated. The charms would have meaning, not like whatever charms came on this default Walmart ass charm bracelet that Tyler bought. I'm telling you, he got a Pandora knockoff at Walmart, Sam's Club even. He was like shopping for groceries with his mom. And he said, oh, can I get this for Caroline? And he just threw it in the cart and made his mom pay. But I, I have to give him this. I mean, I'm still I'm pretty anti Tyler after this episode, but I I do have to kind of support him in one way. At least he got her silver because she's clearly a silver jewelry girl. Okay, 
because we all know what her ring looks like. So I think that's a step. Sure. Maybe he was at Sam's Club and he picked up the gold one. And Carol was like, Caroline, wears silver? Yeah, I bet. I bet that because he did not see that. Yeah, it's hard to not turn on Tyler. I mean, I still like Tyler as a character, but it's hard to not be soured on forward at this point. Yeah, especially by the end of this episode, you're you're pretty ready to move on. Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm good. Like, if only Caroline had another eligible bachelor. Oh, she does. Okay. (laughs) So then we go over to Klaus's house. He puts Rebecca in her little coffin and he says, sweet dreams, Rebecca. And then he says, Mindy, show her to her room. (laughs) She's in a coffin. And she just wheels the coffin away. (laughs) Disrespect. Wake her up, please. (laughs) I am begging you. Klaus senses a presence in the room. And wouldn't you know it? It's Stefan lurking in a doorway as he's known to do. Yeah. Klaus says, you know, I'm surprised you're still in town. I gave you your freedom. You could have gone anywhere. And Stefan says, well, I live here. And Klaus says, okay, well, if we're going to play that game, I was here first. It is like watching two little children argue these two. Klaus is like, I thought we were going to be friends still. And now you live here and you're still not my friend. So what the fuck is that? Stefan says, hey, I don't like your hybrids. They are everywhere, like fleas, and I want them gone. And Klaus says, well, I like them. You know, one other thing, I'm hurt. I hoped that when I freed you, we would like pick up where we left off. But here you are, guzzling vervain like the rest of them. So much for friendship. Meanwhile, he's refilling his stemless wine glass with bourbon. What a vibe. What a vibe. And it's like a red stemless wine glass. A man of taste. He's got a vision for the interior of this household, let me tell you. Oh, it's going to be a lovely house. I'm sure of it. Stefan says, you know, friends don't strip friends of their free will, which you got to hand it to him. That's a pretty good point. And Klaus even acknowledges that's a good point. He's like, okay, yeah, that was extreme. But what can I say? I get moody. He's like, so I had one mood swing. Like, come on, cut me some slack here. He says, literally, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Yeah. He's like, so I had one bad day. And then he's like, you know, that's just like who I am. Just ask my siblings. Speaking of my siblings, can you give them back to me? Very subtle, Klaus. I know, we <laughs> really turned the conversation gracefully. He is playing 3D chess <laughs> in this conversation. Stefan says, you know what? Get your hybrids out of Mystic Falls or I'll remove them myself. And Klaus says, you know, if you continue to threaten me, I'm going to be forced to retaliate. You know, kill people. It'll get messy. None of us want that. And Stefan says, you know, I don't really care. Well, you know what? Maybe I do. Maybe I care so much that I drop Elijah in the Arctic. And Klaus like, don't. (laughs) Klaus says, well, maybe I'll be willing to lose one brother if I can kill yours. Stefan says, try me. Let's find out. It is like a game of chicken. And they keep getting closer and closer. And they smile at each other. Mindy comes in. She says, hey, everything okay in here, guys? Mindy, stay out of it, girl. Yeah, Mindy, mind your business. Hang out with Rebecca in her room. Do some girl talk. Klaus says, yeah, everything's fine. Stefan was just leaving after failing to make his point. But Stefan doesn't want to fail to make his point. So he decapitates Mindy. You got to say it. uh, He did actually make his point there. (laughs) It was effective at that point. He took one of Klaus's many saws that he has out. He's in an active remodel. Yeah, he's got a lot of work going on and a decapitator. And Klaus is like, okay, well, you got me there. Yeah, Klaus says, I did kind of set him up for that. Yeah. 
And Stefan says, one down, send the rest of them away before it gets messy again. So then we go over to the Forbes house. Caroline gets home from school where she didn't even stay because she was annoyed by the day. She was like, I'm done. We're ditching. I'm ditching on my birthday. (laughs) She's like, I don't need to do this. Elena, Bonnie, and Matt jump out with all their decorations from her locker and say, surprise, happy birthday. You know, you blew off schools. You missed what we did to your locker. So we all came here to like celebrate. They've got party hats on and everything. Bonnie says, okay, change into warmer clothes. We're going to the falls for s'mores, campfire, and cake, just like when we were little. And Matt says, except with tequila. (laughs) And I have to give it to Matt. He's pretty fun in this episode. One thing about Matt in this episode, he knew what his role was. He said, I will get the tequila. I will support my friends. He did a pretty good job here. Yeah, he kind of ate in this episode. To prove that I'm not a huge bitch, I can support when he does eat. Even as a Matt Donovan hater, I can admit when he has his moments, as rare as they may be. Yeah. He's above Tyler in this episode for sure, but everyone's above Tyler in this episode. Caroline says she's not really feeling her birthday this year. And Bonnie says, well, you know, you've already claimed your birthday is everyone's favorite day of the year. And she says, yeah, but now it's a reminder that technically I'm dead. I didn't even like being 17. The whole point of 17 is to get to 18. It's a filler year, which I am now stuck in. Which is a point because 16, you get to drive 17. You're just waiting to be 18. It's like when you turn 20, it's like, what's the point of this? Just get me to 21. Which, you know, she's obviously still like aging with time, but she is technically stuck at 17. And this is the first birthday since her transition. So it's got to be weird. Elena says, you aren't stuck. But Caroline's like, no, I am. But I'll be fine. I'll be okay. I just need some time to wallow in it. And Elena says, oh, I know a lot about wallowing. I've got an idea. (laughs) So then we go back over to Klaus's house. Some hybrid, Daniel, asks Klaus what he wants him to do with Mindy's head. And Klaus says, burn it. I really don't care, Daniel. Can you work independently for one day in your life? Yeah, Klaus, like, I shouldn't have to tell you to get rid of the loose head. Like, you should be able to figure that out on your own. Take some initiative. It's a head in a bag. What do you think I'm going to do with it? Tyler enters because Klaus called him and Tyler says, hey, uh, what happened? Because he sees the head in the bag. And Klaus says, well, Stefan had two paths in front of him and he chose the one that made me angry. So I need your help. And Tyler says, man, can't you just leave me out of it? And Klaus says, what would be the point of that? Yeah, Klaus is like, well, that's stupid. Why would I do that? He's like, I don't really think that makes any sense. And Tyler says, seriously, can't you get your other hybrids to do it? I lost my friends and my girlfriend because of this. And Klaus says, oh, yes, your girlfriend. Speaking of her, I really would love if you would bite her. Tyler says, but if I bite her, she'll die. And Klaus says, yeah. Klaus is like, is every one of you completely idiotic? Like, why can't you just follow the line of logic? Yeah. Why do you think I'm asking you to bite her? He says, I know exactly what it's going to do. Stefan pushed me. So I'm pushing back. And Tyler says, well, I'm not going to bite Caroline. And Klaus says, okay, listen, I have been supernaturally blessed with the good fortune of a sire bond to you. So consider this me putting your undying loyalty to the test. And Tyler says like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm not going to hurt anyone. I'm not hurting Caroline. And Klaus says, okay, all right. I'm disappointed, but you know, it's your choice. Free will and all that. I'll find another way to strike at Steph and you can go now. He says, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And Tyler says, wow, all I had to do was ask. Tyler's like, this is great. I could just say no. He says, well, I think this sire bond could work for me after all. He doesn't do any critical thinking about this at all. Yeah, he's not like, 
that's weird that Klaus was so okay with me saying no. And also he should be like, even if I don't do it, he'll tell another hybrid to do it. Like, yeah, it's just easier for me to do it because she trusts me. Yeah, because I'm already there. I don't have to sneak up on her. But someone else could do it. But, you know, again, Tyler's not known for thinking, thinking in general, <laughs> let alone critically. We go over to the Wickery Bridge Restoration Fundraiser, which is a front for yet another council meeting. Rick and Damon are catching up about Stefan. Rick says, wait, I thought Stefan saved your life. And now he's trying to risk it to see how far he can push Klaus. And Damon says, yeah, that's kind of what it seems like. And Rick says, well, is his humanity on or off? And Damon says, oh, I think there's another option at play, some kind of dimmer switch. Again, this early in the show, they're trying to like find levels of complexity in the humanity switch. Later in the show, it is very much like it is on or it is off, King. This will clean up as we go over the show. And I think you can make the argument that any like peak of emotion they think they might be seeing is just him like kind of considering turning it on more than actually turning it on is what I was reading. Every decision he's made that has an emotional component also has a logical component that helps him. So it's not like he's doing things that are only emotional. Yeah. Like saving Elena has never been emotional. Yeah. It's just what he had to do. Yeah, exactly. Even saving Damon by saving Klaus. Like really, he just wanted freedom from Klaus. So either way. And that was also like kind of protecting Klaus still in that, you know, compulsion. And it's a logical decision to keep Damon alive because it keeps that team on his side while also getting his freedom from Klaus. So like you can make the argument that that was an emotional decision, but really there's a logical component to it too. Damon's really worried about the way Stefan's acting because he can't predict how far Stefan is willing to go until someone gets killed. Rick says, oh, so suddenly you care who lives or dies? Damon says, I've got a small list. And Alex's like, who's on it? Rick says, talk about a dimmer switch. Damon says, screw you. And then they head on into the fundraiser that is also a council meeting. Yeah, Alex says, like, why can't a council meeting just be a council meeting? And great question, gig. Because <laughs> you live in a rich, small town. They want to have parties, buddy. No one has jobs. Yeah. So then we go out into the woods where Elena has taken the crew to a mausoleum. Stephanie couldn't help but notice that the name on the mausoleum is Fell. What do you make of that? Anything? Well, this is where all of Vicky's friends were killed as well. So we know this is like a mausoleum where people hang out. Excellent memory. Thank you. I think it could also be some kind of foreshadowing related to Dr. Fell, who is just not worth any trust in my mind, (laughs) which we'll get into later, but I'm not vibing with her. (laughs) bonnie calls the fact that they're going to a mausoleum creepy even for them which is fair it is a mausoleum i get it there is a full dead body in there but but it's probably pretty broken down at this point probably mostly skeleton it's not like they haven't hung out in a tomb before i guess not for fun though i mean it's better to hang out for fun than it is for not fun you know yeah elena says you know caroline was right technically she's dead you don't need a birthday you need a funeral You need to say goodbye to your old life in order to move on with your new one. And Caroline's like, okay, that sounds fun to me. Yeah, Caroline's like, okay, I vibe with that, which I think this is a good read by Elena that this is what Caroline needs. And we've seen Caroline do stuff like this before. We're like, you have to say goodbye to things so you can move on with when Stefan was gone. She said this to Elena. This is kind of Caroline's mindset, but she can't think that clearly for herself. So I think this is a good read of what Caroline needs. So Caroline takes off her little birthday tiara. And she says, here lies Caroline Forbes. And Elena says, cheerleader. 
Miss Mystic Falls, third grade hopscotch champion, Bonnie adds friend, daughter, overachiever. Matt says mean girl. I'll kill him. This wasn't his best line of the episode. This was when he knocked back down. But she's kind of like, hee hee, yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> says sometimes no offense. And she says, yeah, I'm taking whatever. I don't care. I am a little mean. She says, yeah, I'm a little crazy. And Elena says she was 17 and she had a really good life. So rest in peace so that you can move forward. Elena brings a cake and says, that's what you and all of us need. She says, amen or cheers or whatever. They drink a little bit of tequila. Bonnie magically lights the candles because why wouldn't you have a witch do that? Yeah, it's a lot of candles. It's just a lot of time with the lighter. And Elena says, make a wish. And Caroline does. But of course, you don't know what it is because if she tells us, it won't come true. Yeah. Duh. Then we go back over to the fundraiser. Damon and Alaric are looking at a scale of the new revamped Wickery Bridge. <laughs> Damon says, oh, this is the bridge where Elena's parents died. And it's like, okay. Bring the mood down, King. But I know they have to tell us because they're trying to set that up, you know? Yeah, they have to remind us in case we forgot. I was under the impression at this point, and, you know, we see later that this isn't true, that there was, like, still a hole in the bridge where the car ran off, and that's what they were fundraising for, and it just took them this long to fundraise for it. But no, they're just trying to make it nicer. (laughs) That's funny. And Rick says, speaking of Elena, something is up with her more than usual. Do you know what it is? And Damon does know what it is. He kissed her. But he says, I'm sure it starts with a step and ends with an N. I'm going to go get a drink, write a check, and then we can head on out. He's like up with her in a good way or a bad way. Was she smiling this morning or was she weird? Yeah, what do you mean? Can you elaborate? (laughs) Did she mention me? Did she say anything, you know, nice about me? Was she blushing? (laughs) When you said my name, did her pupils dilate? <laughs> Nick's like, I don't know. Nick's like, why would I know that? Nick's <laughs> like, why would I have been looking for that? I couldn't see it because she was punching the punching bag, Damon. And Damon's like, okay, shit. This is interesting. Interesting. Rick continues looking at the scale model of the bridge because I guess he has no other friends. That's what I would do. I'd be staring at the little mini trees. You know, I love a miniature. You can get a lot of fun out of it. I mean, there's a lot to see. Just to, to play Rick's advocate here. <laughs> Sure. Really, he's just here because he's waiting for someone to show up who I sensed. I said, where's Dr. Fell? In comes Meredith Fell. She says, oh, my God, Alaric Saltzman, miracle patient. Glad to see you up. Half of me expected you to drop dead in your sleep. And he says, "Okay." It's like, and you let him leave the hospital? He says, well, I guess I have nine lives. And she says, not a bad thing in a town with a vampire problem. And he says, what? He says, are you on the council? He doesn't cover it well if she didn't know about vampires, but luckily she does. And she says, oh, yeah, I'm a fell. I come from a long line of founders. May they rest in peace. Many of them are resting in peace. And so then she looks at the bridge. She says, oh, I hate that bridge. My senior prom date dumped me on that bridge. And Alaric's like, oh, did you throw him over? And she says, no, but I should have. Ha ha ha. I've been holding a grudge ever since. Ha ha ha. They laugh. At this point, I was like, she did. <laughs> I was like, she definitely did. We see later that's not the case, but I was not trusting her on that. Meredith says, hey, where'd your friend go? Because I want to hit him up for money for the fundraiser. Yeah, that's why you want to talk to the vampire. Okay, I'm so fucking sure. Rick says, oh, yeah, you should totally hit him up. He's loaded. Generational wealth, mama. Meredith says, oh, well, he's in good company. Some British guy just pledged to match every dollar we raise. And Rick says, what do you mean British guy? Gulp? Yeah, Alaric pretty quickly is like, okay, so that's Klaus. 
And so then we go over to see Klaus talking to Carol Lockwood and he is charming her. He's like, oh my God, what color are your eyes? And she says, blue. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, look at them. He's flirting and it works. Carol Lockwood is a soft target for these vampire men. I tell you. She is responding to his whole look, his necklaces, all that. His Chris Angel vibe. Which I would be responding to it as well. No hate to her. Damon can't help but eye roll, even though he's done this before. He's flirted with Carol Lockwood. And Damon approaches and he says, hey, look what the cat dragged in. And Klaus says, good to see you. Carol and I were discussing whether you'd be tonight's other big benefactor. Carol's like, oh my God, Klaus made a real generous pledge. Like, we're just chomping at the bit to begin the renovation. And Damon says, don't take this the wrong way, Carol. But do you realize you're kissing the ass of an immortal hybrid who ruined your son's life? And Klaus says, hold on, you know, some people might say that I saved it. Well, with all the full moon thing. And he turns to Carol and he says, you know, I never went through it myself more than twice, but I'm very sympathetic. Yeah. He's like, I helped him. It sounded bad. And Carol had seen him go through it. So she can be on that side a little bit. Carol says, you know, Klaus has promised to protect Tyler and our town. So sorry, but he's who I'm siding with right now because you don't protect Tyler. You've tried to kill him like four times. Damon's like, his hybrids are who the town needs protection from. And Klaus says, well, I would have no use for them if your brother would return my family. But since that isn't going to happen, I came to an agreement with the mayor. I stay out of your hair, you stay out of mine, everybody wins. Just get Stefan to stop decapitating my friends. And see, Klaus was smart to go to Carol first about this and strike a deal with her before dealing with the Salvatores. Mm -hmm. he, he went right over Damon's head. Which Damon is pissed off that he didn't think to go to Carol first. Yeah, because if he had gone to Carol first, she would have picked Damon. But he waited too long. And Carol says, please just get your brother under control or the council is going to be forced to take action against him. Damon's like, are you fucking joking? And Klaus says, hey, buddy, give peace a chance. Damon's like, not the council being an issue again. <laughs> I thought we were past this. So then we go back over to the Fell Mausoleum. They're drinking. Elena takes the tequila from Matt and she says, I need this more than you do. Debatable, but I think true today. I think leans. Yes. Yeah, I think leans. Yes. But definitely these two need it the most. Even Caroline Walling on her birthday doesn't need it as much as these two. Yeah, Caroline's doing OK. No offense. I mean, she's having a kind of crisis, like a birthday crisis, but not much worse than any normal birthday crisis. Well, and she's going through a breakup, but it's good that she's going through a breakup because Tyler ain't shit. Caroline is looking at her phone and Elena's like, hey, what are you doing over there, you sneaky ass bitch? And she says, what? And Elena says, look, you're a bad sober liar and even worse drunk liar. And Caroline says that she texted Tyler because she's delicate. Queen, this ain't for the best. It's <laughs> a little song. No, I heard, I heard you. <laughs> I don't know you want me to respond to that. I don't know. I thought you were going to sing with me, but. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm the Klaus, you're the Stefan, damn. I'll take that. I'll take that too. Good. Elena is, you know, a little frustrated that Caroline texted Tyler because, you know, he almost killed her brother. And then Bonnie says, give her a break. You can't control what everyone does all the time. Obviously much more deep seated than this conflict. So obvious that even Matt's like, damn, what was that about? Yeah, even Matt's like, ow. And Elena clocks it too because it is hard not to clock. And Bonnie immediately realizes that she probably didn't need to take it that far. And she says, look, I'm sorry. I know it's Caroline's birthday or funeral or whatever, but I think it's wrong that you compelled Jeremy to leave town. And Elena says, well, I'm 
doing it to protect him, to give him a normal life. Mm-hmm. And Bonnie says, mm, you're kind of taking his choices away, though. And Elena says, OK, well, like, don't tell him, please. And she says, why? You going to compel me not to? Matt says, OK, OK, girlies, uh, you're ruining a perfectly good funeral. So let's rein it in. Bonnie says, sorry, I think I'm just going to go sleep it off. And then she tells Caroline, happy birthday and leaves. So then we go back over to the fundraiser. Damon has debriefed Liz on what's going on. And she says, look, the mayor is looking out for Tyler and we should assume that Klaus has her in his pocket. And Damon says, please don't tell me you're drinking the Klaus Kool-Aid. And she says, I'm not drinking the Klaus Kool-Aid, but I'm also not going to let him hold this town hostage and possibly let innocent people get caught in the crossfire of a pissing contest between a hybrid and a vampire. Excellent read, Miss Liz. Yeah, she's like, no, I get why you're mad, but we all have some thinking to do here, buddy. She's like, there's other people in this town other than you and your fucking brother. She's like, I know that you don't think that, but it's true. Damon says, oh, Liz, I'm impressed. You're all sheriffy. And she says, I'm not fucking joking. Get Stefan to stand down before someone gets hurt. Because she's like, look, I don't want Stefan to die. But if he has to, then he has to. Elsewhere at the party, there's a guy we later learn his name is Brian talking to Meredith, saying that she's going to ruin her career. And she says, oh, yeah, well, you got your job from your dad. And he says, do you have any idea what you're messing with? And she says she knows what she's doing. What do you think all of this is in reference to? The whole like you're ruining your career, I think, could have something to do with her not really reading into a lurk too much or like maybe reading into it too much because, you know, the medical examiner clearly knows there's some supernatural things out there. Or she could be trying to, you know, do some kind of medical testing on supernatural creatures and maybe wants to publish something in a journal about vampires. That seems like her, her path. I'm reading very Melissa Hastings from her. Melissa Hastings plus my science knowledge. So I am biased. For audience members, Melissa Hastings, Pretty Little Liars, in case you haven't watched, kind of evil older sister of Spencer. Meredith tries to storm off, but Brian grabs her arm. She says, back off. And so Rick decides to interrupt and kind of defend her honor. He says, hey, is everything all right? And the guy says, yeah, everything's fine. And Rick says, well, it didn't look fine. Brian says, okay, you know, you might want to get to know her before you become her white knight. She's kind of a psycho case. Which, you know, not to be on the man's side, but just keep that in mind, Alaric. I'm not saying you have to believe him off the top, but just think about it a little. Yeah, and Rick hits him with a cool line that says, oh, you're that guy, aren't you? The guy who's begging to have his teeth kicked in. <laughs> okay. Serve. But Brian's not really worried about Alaric, I guess. He basically says, look, take it from me, man. Life's too short. And Meredith says, just go away, Brian. And Brian does because he doesn't have anything else to say at this conversation. I think he made his point that she's going to ruin her career and she doesn't know what she's messing with. And I just think the life's too short comment is interesting in a town full of immortal supernatural creatures. Why? Just a weird reminder. As far as we know, Brian's a human. Oh, yeah, Brian's a human. Life is short for him. Maybe not for Dr. Fell. Is all I'm saying. Interesting. He goes away. Meredith says, behold, my senior prom date. And Rick says, yeah, you definitely should have thrown him over the bridge. And she's like, so it would be cool if he died. You're, you're agreeing with me on that. So you wouldn't call the cops if you found his dead body? Just, just asking. Let's just say he died tomorrow. Like, you'd, you'd be good with that, right? And, and like, you wouldn't, like, automatically judge the person who murdered him. And you wouldn't think it's me, would you? <laughs> would you? 
Be honest. I'm not saying I would, but if he died, it wasn't me. Just want to make that clear. Are we good on that? And then she says, oh, well, I also have to work with him. He's on the council and he's the medical examiner. He's the one who signs off on all the vampire attacks and calls them animal attacks. Celeb sighting. Celeb sighting. And I think it could be she doesn't want people to be told they're animal attacks. So you think she wants to tell the whole town? Yeah, I think that's a possibility. Why do you think that's going to ruin her career? Because realistically, the council would try to get her kicked off of any sort of board or anything. But she's not on a board. She's a doctor. Well, like reporting her to the medical board, saying she's like making shit up. I think realistically, Dr. Fell wants that medical examiner's job. Oh, whether it's to expose vampires or just because she doesn't like Brian. But I think that plays a role in why he's dead. And I do think she will be the new medical examiner. We'll get to that. Interesting. But I think she'll be medical examiner next episode. Interesting theory. So she gets a text or a page on her page or whatever. She's doctor. She says, duty calls. Thanks for the hero moment. He says, anytime. And she leaves. And then across the party, Stefan has arrived. He walks in and immediately grabs a knife. Come on, man. (laughs) You couldn't bring your own knife. On top of that, who left the chef's knife out? Yeah. These caterers are not getting hired again. (laughs) Yeah, someone's getting fired. Stefan follows a hybrid upstairs. He stabs him to kind of handicap him. And then he gets ready to cut his head off. But Damon stops him right in time. And Damon says, hey, no dead hybrids at the founder's party. And Stefan says, well, Klaus didn't get his hybrids out of town the first time. I have to say it louder. It worked the first time, decapitating someone. And Damon says, yeah, but there's 10 more where that came from. And if you kill them, Klaus will make 20 more. And remember, this all implicates Elena. Or do you not care if she's a human blood bag for the rest of her life? Now, this is Damon's mistake. Stefan says, interesting idea. <laughs> yeah, Damon shouldn't have brought up Elena. Because Stefan's like, oh, yeah, getting rid of Elena is much more efficient than killing 20 hybrids. Thank you for the pitch. And Stefan says, you know, protecting Elena is your problem now. I'm not compelled to do it anymore. And Damon says, okay, don't give me the no humanity thing. Your switch is fried like your brain. If you want to beat Klaus and you want to be the villain, you have to be smarter. And Stefan says, no, you have to be the better villain. And I agree with Stefan here. I think both are true because I do think a better villain is smarter and thinking ahead more. And at this current point, there's no evidence of Stefan thinking ahead. Yes. The gears are turning about how he's going to kill Elena, though. So that's pretty smart. Yeah. So now he's thinking. But at this point, Damon's like, I don't get what your plan is because Damon can't see what Stefan is doing because Stefan hasn't given him all this information. So I think Damon is making the right points. But Stefan has a whole separate plan just on his own. Mm-hmm. He's a rogue agent at the moment. Yeah, at this point, he's not reliable in any way. Then we go back to the mausoleum. Caroline and Elena and Matt are having fun, laughing. And Tyler comes in and the laughing stops immediately. Yeah, they go, ha, 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 ha. And he says, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to crash the party. And Matt says, so don't. I'm like, okay, Matt, eat him up. Matt got me there. <laughs> Team Matt and this in a reaction, I'll tell you that. First time for everything. And Caroline says, no, it's okay. And he says, you want to talk? She says, sure. And they go. And then Elena turns to Matt and she says, hey, you okay? And he says, I just want Caroline to be happy. That's what I want for all of you guys in the middle of this crazy life you got stuck living. And Elena says, do you see us as stuck? And he says, yeah, it's attached to all of you pretty tight. 
yeah he's like you all are kind of like dealing with this all the time so yeah and i think he is right they are stuck in it yeah which is not necessarily a bad thing because they're in it what are they going to do well it's also it's it's their life like you're stuck in your life yeah like i don't think this is a read by any means yeah it's so funny because elaine is just like really that's how you see it yeah bitch you're a human blood bag i I hate to say it girl but you were in particular you you're an evil doppelganger (laughs) and elena says you know what bonnie's right i have no business messing in jeremy's head but i just don't know what else to do he's in danger here i can't lose anyone else i love Matt's like yeah I i wouldn't recommend losing your sibling yeah matt says i'm pretty much out of people i love at this point just kidding he's got all his friends yeah, he's but he's out of family. He's like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, let me tell you something. Losing all your family, pretty awful. So then we go outside into the woods. Tyler says to Caroline, you know, I take back everything I said this morning. Klaus can't control me when it comes to you. I won't let him. Get this. I said no to him and he was just okay with it. He's just disappointed in me. And even Caroline is like, huh? Okay. Yeah, Caroline's not ready to be on board with this right away. She says, look, it's okay. Maybe we weren't meant to be together. Let's just accept it and move on. And Tyler says, well, you know, I'm not moving on from anything because I love you. And she says, what? She's like, okay, well, that's nice. And so he kisses her. She kisses him. It's like a really romantic moment. She's really allowing herself to like kind of entertain this idea for a second. Yeah, and at this point, it's kind of like, okay, either Tyler's going to invite her or some other hybrid got this job. And then they're kissing and you hear crunch. And Caroline's like, excuse me? Well, and at first she's like, oh, ow, you bit me. And then she realizes the implications of being bit. She says, did you just fucking bite me? She's like, are you fucking kidding? He's like freaked out because he honestly thought he wasn't going to do it. Yeah, he didn't plan on doing it. He really thought he overcame the sire bond. Idiot. So she tells him to go away. And he does because he realizes he's kind of a dick. He feels pretty bad about that. Matt and Elena look in the woods for Caroline. They think they've been abandoned by her and they're out of drinks. And Elena suggests a search party because she does not trust that Caroline won't get back together with Tyler. Good to not trust it, girly. You read that right. And Elena and Matt are, you know, walking around. Elena's like, oh, Matt's being haunted by the fell ghost. Ha 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 ha. Make anything of that? You hear another name mention of the name fell. I just think he's kind of scared of cemeteries and ghosts. Sure. That that reads for me with him. And then they laugh. And then Matt gets pushed into a wall and knocked out very abruptly. Matt does get knocked out a lot. Yeah, he's got a hard life. And then Stefan's there and he takes Elena and she's like, oh, what the fuck? Come on, man. She's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Elena says, not this. And at first I saw this and I was like, oh, he's protecting her. Maybe he knows that Caroline got bit and he's there to help them. No, not so. No, no. Instead, (laughs) Elena's in the car with Stefan. He's driving pretty fast already. Yeah. He picks up Elena's phone and it's Damon. Stefan says, oh, Elena's a little busy right now. And Damon says, oh, Stefan, why do you have Elena's phone? Critical thinking, King. Why do you think? Can't be anything good. Can't be a good reason. Let's think back to what you just said to him. (laughs) He's like, oh, fuck. I gave him a pretty good suggestion. Stefan says, I'm making my next move. Let me ask you, what's Klaus going to do if he can't make any more hybrids? And Elena notices that comment. She tracks what that means for her. Well, she doesn't track it all the way yet, but she tracks that she's being kidnapped to use against Klaus. And Damon also tracks that. And he says, hey, Stefan, leave her out of this. Stefan hangs up and tosses her phone out the window. He says, I won't. 
Thanks for the input. He says, I'm not really taking requests. <laughs> and Elena says, let me out of this car. And he says, I'm not really taking requests. <laughs> she says, that was my fucking phone. All my photos are in there. <laughs> So we go back over to the fundraiser founders party. Damon has pulled Klaus away to the study and he says, uh, you just interrupted a lovely conversation about landscaping the town square. Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry. I was having fun entertaining at this party. I'm busy being a delight. <laughs> sorry, I'm busy working the room out there. Networking. Mogul mindset. And Damon says, okay, so Stefan grabbed Elena and Klaus says, okay, so he's obviously getting desperate. And Damon says, uh, he's going to use her against you. Do what he says. Get rid of the hybrids. And Klaus says, please. Stefan wouldn't dream of killing her. And Damon says, are you sure? He just tried to behead someone mid-party. He's operating on a different level of crazy. And Klaus says, crazy or not, that kind of love never dies. He's bluffing. Interesting comment, Klaus. What do you know about that kind of love? Yeah, what do you know about love, Klaus? But Klaus also thinks Stefan is bluffing, just like Stefan thinks Klaus is bluffing. And of course, this is stressing Damon out all the more. Yeah, because he's watching this game of chicken being played with Elena's life. And he's like, I don't like this. He said, I kissed her one time, please. But at least wait till I really make out with her for this to happen. Yeah. Damon says, maybe he's bluffing, maybe he isn't. But believe me, I know my brother better than anyone else. And I don't have a clue right now how far he's taking this. So if he says blink, blink and klaus says i'm not really taking requests <laughs> klaus says no klaus says you won't catch me blinking and then we go over to the forbes house where matt again matt coming through this episode he brings caroline home and tells the sheriff that tyler bit her because who else was picking up caroline no one elena got kidnapped and i guess tyler felt bad but you would think Tyler would pick her up and bring her and be like, oh, she got bit by a hybrid. I got to go. It's likely Tyler went to go tell Matt, like to wake him up and whatever. And Bonnie, maybe you shouldn't be at home crying over a guy who cheated on you with a ghost. Not to be anti-Bonnie because I love her. She's going through it and it all works out. But anyway, good move by Matt this episode. He really picked up when he needed to. Yeah. They put her in her bed. She's clearly suffering. She says, I'm sorry, mom. Matt says, like, I think she's hallucinating. No one's picking up their phone. Yeah, everyone's a little bit occupied. Yeah. Elena's phone is on the side of the road, King. Yeah. <laughs> Bonnie is literally knocked out of sleep. So let me go back to Stefan's car. And Elena says, hey, um, I would love to know what your big move is going to be. And Stefan says, OK, well, I took his family to make him suffer. And now I'm going to make him suffer more. And Elena says, what are you going to do? Keep me hostage in a cave? Girl, you wish. Girl, it's about to get a whole lot worse because that's what I was thinking he was doing too. Like I was not following what he was about to do. And Stefan says, oh, well, maybe I'll just turn you into a vampire. And she's like, whoa, no thanks. She says, hey, uh, could you stop the car? He doesn't. Uh, he speeds up and he calls Klaus, puts him on speakerphone. And Stefan says, hey, get your hybrids out of town. And Klaus says, mm, that's not going to happen until I get my coffins back. And Stefan says, okay, well, then I'm going to drive your blood source off Wickery Bridge. Now, this is almost unfathomably fucked up. Yeah. Like, she's already gone over the edge of this bridge once. And then at this point, she comes up, she has to be a vampire, all at the hands of her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, who feelings are complicated about. Who knows that she almost died on that bridge and knows it was very traumatic for her because... He saved her. 
This is like so deep levels of fucked up that only Stefan could actually accomplish because of the relationship he has with her. Yeah. Like he could have turned her into a vampire by killing her anyway. But he had to kill her like her parents. And this is fucked up. Yeah. And I don't know why he thinks this is necessary. I guess he wants to have something that he's like leading up to killing her so that Klaus could stop. But it doesn't have to be over the same bridge. This is what the Vampire Diaries does extremely well because we spend so long in a Stelena landscape and Stefan and Damon are close. It is a very hard thing to make you hop from Stelena to Delena without being like, okay, that's weird of Elena. Why would she do that? Why would she hop between brothers like that? They make it very realistic that A, he leaves town, she bonds with Damon, and then they make Stefan do multiple levels of fucked up things. So this is a much more complicated relationship than she originally had. And this is a tough day for Stelena stands. Yeah. And this is a tough day for Elena because as much as she knows that Stefan has changed and their relationship has deeply changed, I think there's still a big part of her that's like, well, maybe we can get it back. Like, because she always, every once in a while, like, is like, I'm just going to give up on him. But then it's like, oh no, he was actually saving Damon when he did that. Oh no, he was like protecting us in a weird way. He actually did protect us. Like, you know, maybe there's still a glimpse of Stefan in there. And this is like, no, Stefan's in there, but he's horrible today. Like this is something that only Stefan could do and he's using it to hurt me. Well, and learning that when he's in his good times, this is always something that he's capable of in the back of his mind. Yeah. This is always something he could pull out to hurt her. He had these tools too ready. This is something he's capable of doing. It's that scary part of being known by someone that if you're known enough, then they can push the exact buttons to really hurt you. And that's what he does here. And that's exactly what he's doing. And that's very hard for Elena, who's like been feeling guilty too. Like she feels guilty that she just kissed Damon. But then he does something like this and she's like, what the fuck? Like, I don't deserve this level of punishment. And you can see this all play out on Elena's face as it's happening. But Klaus still thinks he's bluffing. He's like, "Mm, you're not going to kill her. And I do think that this is the correct read for Klaus. And this is the sticking point with Stefan's plan, which he has to work around for, is that Stefan isn't going to kill Elena for the same reason Michael was never going to kill Elena. Once Elena's dead, you have no leverage left. Yeah. Because you've taken anything you can take from Klaus. So him killing Elena wouldn't be helpful because then all he's got is his family. And I think Elena at this point is kind of like, well, he's not going to kill me. Like, this is crazy, but he's probably just trying to scare Klaus. I'm really freaked out, but I'm hoping that he's just, you know, bluffing. But Stefan does have a workaround for this because he knows that his plan still gets accomplished if Elena is a vampire. So he feeds Elena some blood. She screams. Klaus can't help it over here. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And Stefan's like, yeah, no more hybrids if she's a vampire. And this is when Elena's like, oh, he does not give a shit about me. At this point, it's like he is killing her, but she's going to come back to life. So that lowers the stakes on that. But it raises them for Klaus and Elena because it's like it's more realistic that he will do this because she's not actually dying. Yeah. And it's also this thing, too, of Elena being like, Stefan knows that I don't want to be a vampire. Like I fought against that the whole time in the sacrifice. And now he's just going to do it to fuck with Klaus, like it just no regard for me at all. Yeah. Klaus says, you won't do it. And Stefan says, try me. Your coffins are next to go. And he just keeps on accelerating. 
Klaus obviously is like trying to consider what to do. And then Stefan says, say goodbye to your family, Klaus. And Elena says, Stefan, please slow down. And her fear does sell it to Stefan's credit. And Klaus says, fine, I'll send them away. You win. And Stefan keeps speeding more to kind of prove he's serious. And then Klaus says, stop the car. He does. They hang up like right at the bridge. Elena is scared and sad. She gets out of the car and Stefan says, hey, Elena, get back in the car. At this point, I'd be like, no, I'm walking home. I don't care how long it takes. Yeah. And she says, stay away from me. How could you? My parents died going over this bridge. I almost died. And you knew that because you saved me. And Stefan, like he knew all this was going to hurt her, but his humanity's off. So he's looking at it very logically because to be fair, this plan was smart and was effective. Yeah. You can't say it wasn't. I mean, obviously, Elena is not ready to have that conversation yet. Well, it was an effective plan, but it did hurt Elena. But it had to hurt Elena to be an effective plan, unfortunately. And Stefan says, look, he had to believe I would do it. So your fear sold it. And she says, well, what if he hadn't? And Stefan says, well, he did. He backed down. Stefan's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what would happen if he didn't, because he did. And Elena's like, no, it matters to me. He says, look, he has a weakness. If I know that weakness, I can destroy him. And Elena says, after everything, that's what mattered, destroying Klaus. And Stefan says, yeah, destroying Klaus is all I have left. And Elena says, well, you had me. And Stefan says, I lost you the minute I left town with Klaus. You just haven't let yourself admit that yet. Do you think that's true? I don't think so. Like, I think he has convinced himself of that to kind of just live with the life he's living very much to, I think, Tyler's reaction to being sired of like, well, what am I going to do about it? When Stefan was like, yeah, like he's not going to get killed. So I'm kind of stuck living like this, essentially. Do you think there was a point since he left town with Klaus until now that he did lose Elena before this? I think he's been slowly losing Elena. Do you think there was a point that tipped it over the edge before this? I think this is the main tip. I mean, I think she's kind of tipped and come back. I think like him saving Klaus to save Damon. She was ready to be tipped over the edge before she knew that Damon was getting saved because of that. And then once Damon was saved, she's well, maybe we can trust him, you know? And so I think this is the first time that she's seeing something of like, oh no, there was no reason for this except to get at Klaus. Like you had no worries about how this would affect me whereas every other time when he's been like questionable she's been able to find some connection to her or Damon or someone that made it be like well maybe it's him like maybe that's Stefan being out but this was all Klaus so I think she's gone back and forth but I think this is really pushing over the edge of like I don't know who this is do you think he has lost her do you think at this point like there's no coming back for Stelena I think at this point like I think he could like gain some traction back turning his humanity on and like really coming up front with like what happened, how he dealt with it. But I think there's a chance that they'll come back from this briefly, but I don't think they'll be able to get away from like knowing that this is who Stefan was. To reword the question in a different way. We know Stefan's going to be on the show for a while. We know that Elena's going to be on the show for a while. We know these two are going to have some working relationship. Do you think a romantic relationship is ever coming back for these two. I think once his humanity is turned back on, because I do think he will get there eventually, there's going to be a lot of reckoning with what happened. He'll want a lot of support from Elena and she'll be willing to give that because like there's still part of her that will care about him. And when she has the old Stefan back, she'll think, well, maybe we can move past this. 
I think that will be incredibly short-lived because I think there's just no coming back from it. You know, like I think if his humanity's on, they'll approach it and think maybe, but I just think Elena won't be able to. Gotcha. And Elena's like, oh, so is that what you're doing? You're trying to make me hate you. He's white fanging her. Yeah, she's like, have you really been white fanging me for four months? It's hard for her to see this in a positive light because of what just went down. But this is also Stefan kind of showing some sense of care in the way of like, no, I'm not good for you anymore. I've been pushing you away for this long. And she's like, okay, like you didn't lose me right away. You've just been ruining it day after day, essentially. And she's like, okay, so you've been pushing me away this whole time. Like, why bother with it? And he says, I don't care what you think about me anymore, Elena. And he drives off, leaving her on the side of the road. And she's like, damn, like, I didn't want to get in the car with you, but you're just going to leave me here? Like, you're going to call me an Uber? Like, fuck you. You're just going to leave me on the bridge where my parents died? After all that? So then we go over to the Forbes house. Klaus is at the door. And Matt answers. And Klaus says to Matt, hey, so Tyler came to see me. He seemed distressed. He said Caroline had a terrible accident. And Matt says, okay, well, you know, obviously you made him do this to her. He wouldn't have done this otherwise, which is true. But Klaus doesn't admit to that. Klaus says, hey, I'm here to help. My blood will heal her. So can you please ask the sheriff to invite me in? And Liz says, I know how this game works. Okay, you want something in return. And Klaus says, just your support, which makes sense because he's gotten the support of the mayor or whatever. And she says, fine, come on in. She invites him in. Yeah, she's like, as long as you bring my daughter back, I don't really care at this point. And Klaus goes upstairs to Caroline's bedside and she says, are you going to kill me? She's like, can you just fucking do it if that's what you're here for? And he says, on your birthday, do you really think that low of me? And she says, yes. She says, absolutely. (laughs) But it's so funny the way he says it, like on your birthday, like he takes birthdays so seriously. Like that's the line for him. Like, excuse me for expecting that. It makes me think that if at the sacrifice, Jen had been like, what if I told you it's my birthday? He said, fuck. He would have been like, I'll go find Catherine. He said, I need to get another vampire. <laughs> they should have tried it. Klaus looks at her werewolf bite and he says, ooh, that looks bad. My apologies. You were collateral damage. It's nothing personal. She's got her charm bracelet on from Tyler and he touches it and he says, I love birthdays. Of course he does. That's so Klaus. Yeah, that's so Klaus. Because it's a day where it's all about you. Yeah. And it's like the one day he can get attention without having to beg for it. Caroline says, yeah. Aren't you like a billion or something? And he says, well, you have to adjust your perception of time when you become a vampire, Caroline. Celebrate the fact that you're no longer bound by trivial human conventions. You're free. Which is advice that none of her friends can really give her because they are not grappling with the same issues of mortality that she is. So this is a really like refreshing take for her granted she's not quite ready to hear it because she is on her deathbed yeah she's on her deathbed with this guy that she's been known to hate because she has to given how everything's gone down he almost killed her during the sacrifice yeah but this is like the advice she needs klaus sits next to her on her bed and says i could let you die if that's what you want if you really believe your existence has no meaning I've thought about it myself once or twice over the centuries, to be completely honest, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret. There's a whole world out there waiting for you. Great cities and art and music, genuine beauty, and you can have all of it. You can have a thousand more birthdays. All you have to do is ask. 
And when he says genuine beauty, he's looking at her, even though she's sweating her little booty off. And it's like, is that her? She says, I don't want to die. So he takes her head, puts her in his lap, feeds her his blood and says, there you go, sweetheart. Have at it. And then he says, happy birthday, Caroline. This is our first Claroline scene. And it's a good one. You've been aware that Claroline might come up. Mm -hmm. At least that there are a lot of supporters of Claroline. Let me tell you something. Claroline stands, I mean this with love, I do. Claroline stands are the barbs of the Vampire Diaries universe. I fear that will be me. Claroline stands are uh, devoted. And they're batshit. And... I love them for it. I think it's going to be me. If you thought Delena had a rabid fan base, you can't even imagine Claroline. Love me a toxic man. Yeah. I think this is a very interesting scene because we haven't seen Klaus show this kind of care with anyone, really. I have to think that this has something to do with her grappling with her immortality in this way because as we know klaus also did not choose to become a vampire did not choose to become a mortal and probably went through many of these same thoughts during his transition because he even said you know like i thought about killing myself at times during his you know thousand years of life which just odds of course you'll think about it from time to time but i just think it's one of those things that he saw something that he went through and he was like you have to think about time in a different way you have to think about positives. You have to think about how many birthdays you get to celebrate, not that you're stuck at one year. And I just think it's interesting that he was able to like read that from Caroline and read that this was kind of the place to go with it. So I'm curious, like if this is something Tyler said or if this is something he just like felt bad about getting her bitten, things like that. Well, I mean, now that he's kind of surrendered to Stefan, there's no reason to kill Caroline because all that's going to do is make Stefan angrier. And at this point, he doesn't want to make Stefan angrier. That is true. Because Stefan's proven what he's going to do is dump the coffins in the ocean and turn Elena into a vampire. Yeah. I think this is really a motivation of I don't want to raise the conflict anymore. I'm done playing my cards. I'm accepting things as they are. Granted, when he gets here, I think he is more charmed by Caroline than maybe he expects to be because even though he and Caroline have both been around this whole time, they've never really interacted face to face. And of course, Caroline can charm someone from her deathbed queen. Well, to be fair, also Klaus is like- Klaus is a soft target. It's pretty easy to charm Klaus if you're a pretty lady. Yeah. <laughs> and he also was, you know, not only beaten by Stefan in this game of chicken, but also just beaten down emotionally of like, what, I can't have my hybrids. I can't have my family. Like, what am I fighting for? What's the point of being the most powerful hybrid in the world if I can't have the one thing I want? Yeah, exactly. And so I think he's kind of in an emotional place coming here anyway. He Charlie Brown walked all the way to the Forbes house. Yeah. <laughs> and then he saw Caroline and he said, hmm, I feel better. He said, pretty girl. He said, so pretty. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Damon is dropping Elena off. She thanks him for picking her up in the middle of the woods. He says, anytime. And then he asks if she'll be okay. She says, whatever, I'll survive. I always do. Damon says, and I don't know if this is really the time to do this, but whatever, he might as well. He says, like, you know, Stefan won this round for us today. He pushed Klaus over the edge and Klaus blinked. And Elena's like, well, his method sucked. And Damon says, still... We needed it. Klaus has been calling all the shots and Stefan beat him at his own game. 
he was the better villain. And this is true. They needed to get a leg up on Klaus to stand any chance against him. So Stefan made the right call, made the right decision. It unfortunately negatively affected Elena more than decisions usually do. More than they would want. But I do think Elena can appreciate this later on. I think she's kind of in this place where she wishes that Stefan had just told her this was the plan. But obviously that would have undercut her fear and undercut the plan. I think in like two weeks, she will not like be happy about this, but she'll be like, I understand why you did it. And it ended up working and I didn't end up dying. So all's well that ends well. Like I'm still pissed, but I guess it's okay. And Elena says, okay, like, don't be so impressed. And Damon says, I can't help but feel a little proud. And then he touches her face and says, like, really, are you going to be okay? And she says, okay, um, you can't kiss me again. Let's get that out on the table. She's like, I see where the hand is. And I'm just, I feel like I should say that right now. And he says, I know, I know, I know. And she says, you know, I can't, it's, it's not right. And Damon says, oh no, it's right. It's just not right now. Good night. Real one. Mm -hmm. He knew. He ate with that. He walked away and she said, Okay, well, you could have, like, tried a little harder to kiss me. She said, damn, I now I kind of wish he had kissed me. She said, now I want to kiss him. Hey, man, <laughs> you want to come back? He leaves, and she, like, watches him go without closing the door, and she's like, fuck. I hate to see you go, but I'd love to watch you leave. Then the next morning at the Gilbert house, she's hugging Jeremy goodbye. She says, be safe. Bonnie comes up. She says, oh, good, you haven't left yet. And Elena's like, oh, here we fucking go. Yeah, she's like, do you have a spell to undo compulsion? And Bonnie says, I just came to say goodbye. They hug. He heads out. Bonnie and Elena watch him leave. We talked a little bit about this last week. What do you think this means for the future of Jeremy on the show? Do you think this is kind of like the exit of like season regular Jeremy Gilbert? Or do you think he's going to be back from town and back to being here every episode pretty soon? It feels like an exit of series regular, which I am sad about, but I don't really... I mean, I kind of thought he wouldn't even be here this episode, to be completely honest with you. Um, I think he like could come back from time to time, but I, it doesn't seem like he's going to be here like regularly unless like, I don't know, something else happens or like somehow his like compulsion is challenged while he's in Denver or something like it would have to be a, a big pull to get him to come back because he's compelled to go there. I don't know why he would come back unless like Elena Orla called for him, essentially, which eventually this Klaus stuff will kind of even out to other villains. My, my guess is Dr. Fell. So I think he may come back if the Klaus stuff dies down, but I, I don't feel confident about it at the moment. Well, also at this point, like the Klaus stuff is like dying down, like Stefan won. So like Jeremy really doesn't have to leave town. Klaus isn't killing anyone. Yeah. But hey, I'm happy to see him go. Toodles. I am not happy to see him go. We'll see if it's permanent or not. Trying to read how happy you are at this moment. If this is like the last year you're going to see him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Across town at the Forbes house, Caroline wakes up in her bed. Her bite is healed and she looks on her nightstand. And there's a box with a bow on it. It's from Klaus. The wrapping alone, he already ate Tyler up. And I don't know if you saw his handwriting. Uh, yeah, I did. I know Tyler, his handwriting. First of all, if you can read it, he is mixing capital letters and lowercase letters with just no pattern. I truly believe that about Tyler, but not Klaus. But not Klaus. Klaus has calligraphy, mama. And she opens it and it's a silver bracelet that I would argue is much more her taste than what Tyler gave her. 
Yes. Much more her taste, much prettier. Like the charm bracelet is a gift from a high school boyfriend who's like, I better try getting jewelry. This is a gift of someone who really understands class. Mm -hmm. Then we go over to Wickery Bridge. Elena's standing on the bridge and Matt meets her there. And he says, you're not going to jump, are you? She says, thanks for coming. And she was like, you know, I was just thinking about what you said about all of us being stuck. And he says, hey, I was buzzed. I can't be held responsible for being judgmental, which honestly, not the most judgmental thing you've said, King. We're fine with it. Yeah, it was a fine thing to say. She says, well, the thing is, I do feel stuck. I feel like I've been holding on to the girl who was supposed to die here with her parents, the girl who had a normal life and didn't fall in love with vampires. This is the heart of Elena's real, you know, trauma is this survivor's guilt. She feels like she got offered this second chance at life that her parents didn't get, and she feels like she's ruining it. Yeah, pretty soon after, all of her life changed. And really went against what her parents really believe in as founders. She really leaned into the vampire thing. And I think for a long time, she was like, well, I'm just kind of in this situation. I'm not really in the middle of it. Like, it's just kind of part of my life. I just happen to have a boyfriend who's a vampire. Yeah. And it's slowly but surely taken over her entire life. And I think she knows that. But it was hard to hear someone say like, wow, you're really stuck in the middle of all this. And she was like, I am. I've never really thought about it that way. I've just been going day by day. And not only her life, it's taken over all of her friends and family's life. Yeah. Some of them, it's taken their lives. And there's no one in her life who is not somehow involved in all this. Yeah. And it's hard for her to think like none of this would have happened if I would have just like died in this car crash. Exactly. That would have been a quick solution. Klaus couldn't have broken the curse if she was dead in a car crash. (laughs) And also because like Stefan's the one who made that choice to save her. And now this person who saved her was about to kill her. And it's like, what did you save me for if this is where we're ending up, you know? Mm -hmm. And Matt says, well, you know, you're not that girl anymore. It's okay if you want to let her go. And she says, is it? Because I feel like I've disappointed her. And I feel like I've disappointed my parents, which your parents probably wouldn't be happy to know you're dating a vampire. I hate to tell you, girly. Like, look, John Gilbert came around on it eventually, but they probably would have been on his side for most of it. So yeah, it would have been not their favorite. But no matter how obvious that is, Matt actually handles this very well. And he says, you know, my two cents as a guy who knew that other girl is that you're doing a lot better than you think. And then he picks up some dandelions from the side of the road and he says, here lies Elena Gilbert, a fun girlfriend and an amazing friend. And he tosses the flowers into the water and Elena seems comforted. And I do have to say it, Matt Donovan ate in this episode. Yeah, he ate that one because that is what she needed. She needed to have a funeral for her old life. Yeah, she needs to realize and really appreciate that that life is over. And that doesn't mean that it's sad, but you're in a different life now. Different things are happening and you got to let go. So then we go over to the bar at the Mystic Grill, of course. Alaric is there having a midday beer and Meredith approaches. She says, oh, thank God, another day drinker. She said, I lost a patient. What's your excuse? Girly. What's with the smile on your face? He's like, I lost a patient on on accident. I promise. <laughs> but he doesn't ask any follow-up questions. He's like, I assumed it was on accident until you said that. <laughs> he says his excuse is that he put a kid on a plane. And she says, yours? And he says, no, that's a long story. It's really not. And then she says, oh, then you should probably buy me a beer. They laugh. It's cute. Like, love is happening. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just want to 
Not to harp on this, but this is a small town. She has a job at the Mystic Falls Hospital, so we have to assume she's lived in this town for a while. And she's a fell, so she's somehow related to Logan, who also lived in this town. So whether she's Logan's sister or what, she knows this town. She must have known Jenna. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a reason she's talking to Alaric now. Not just because he's hot and sexy? Not just because he's hot and sexy. I think she wanted to get close to this vampire side. And unfortunately, there was another fucking bitch in the way. And (laughs) now that she's dead. Time to turn on the charm. Time to go get one of the only eligible bachelors in this town who's not a vampire. Because I assume she hates vampires. You assume she hates vampires? Yeah. So you think that Meredith is flirting with Alaric just to get involved in the vampire? I just think she was awful curious where Damon was at the founder's party. And I don't think it was for a check. Interesting. It's giving John Gilbert is all I'm saying. (laughs) So we go out to the woods. Liz is approaching a crime scene with Damon. Cool that Damon gets to come to these. She says, a hiker called it in. And then my deputies got here first. And Damon says, oh, another hybrid. And she says, that's what I thought at first. But then they walk up to the dead body. And it's Brian Walters, the medical examiner that Meredith was having a heated argument with at the founder's party. Mm -hmm. And he was staked, but he's not a vampire, which Damon can't help but clock because he's not gray and veiny, but he's a stake in his chest. Yeah. Liz says, oh, I know that. This was a murder. Yeah. She's like, no, this is just like a standard murder. Like, this is worse than a vampire. (laughs) So that's where we end the episode. And this is so funny to me because... What a unique raising of the stakes to have a murder. I love it. So what are your theories? Like, what's your first reaction to this? I mean, I think the obvious path we're supposed to follow is that Meredith killed him. I don't necessarily think that's true. I don't think it's untrue necessarily, but that's clearly the path they want us to follow mentally. Whether or not the sheriff will get there or not because we don't know because i'm sure even if someone told alaric like this guy died by a stake he'd be like that's weird anyway i have a date to go to anyway i'm dating this hot new gal on the founders council but i just think a lot of fells have been killed logan by the sheriff and alaric he was killed twice not that people know that Alec killed Logan, not that she would know this, but just something to point out. Well, but we have to assume, you know, I just want to bring this up. We've seen people be able to see ghosts before. It's not totally outside the realm of possibility that Logan gave someone information, just knowing the given circumstances that we have. And we don't know what his relationship with Meredith Fell is, if we ever will know. But they're both Fells and they both live in town. So you have to assume they've spoken. And she seems to know a lot. Anyone on the Founders Council knows vampires exist, but she seems to know that Damon is one. That's more information than most of them have. Mm -hmm. So that's just interesting. And I think in a town like Mystic Falls, where you get to sign off on forms that lie about how people died, the medical examiner is a pretty, pretty cush job. It's a lot of job security because they can't just hire a new medical examiner because they need to tell him stuff. So I just don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that Meredith would kill him to get this job. It is funny to me. It's the same how, remember in season one when you thought John Gilbert was doing all this because he wanted to be the mayor of Mystic Falls? So you think Meredith fell, her like deepest, most devious scheme is to be a medical examiner? No, 
I think she already hated this guy and wanted to kill him. And then if she kills him, she also gets his job. And if she's the medical examiner, she can kind of change the path of what vampires are doing in this town. I don't think she's supportive of vampires. I don't think it's a coincidence that a human got killed by a stake to the heart, obviously. But yeah, I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think I'm reaching that much there. I'm not convinced that she's the one who killed him, but I think if she did kill him, that's part of the reason. I think it's on top of a number of things. Also, it seems like he was threatening her in some way with like essentially information that would ruin her career. Two questions. Number one, if you had to pick knowing what you know right now, did Meredith Fell kill Brian Walters? She's the prime suspect. So if you had to pick yes or no right now, you would pick yes. I've not seen a better suspect, so I'll say yes. I just, I feel like we could hear about some other people. No, I hear you. I hear you. But of the suspects we have now, yes. If you learned tomorrow, or if you learned right at the beginning of next episode that Meredith was innocent, I'm not saying you're going to learn that. (laughs) But if you did, who do you think killed Brian Walters if you have another theory? Or do you think it's someone we haven't met yet? I think it would have to be someone on the Founders Council. And what's the motive? Miss Criminal Minds. Time to profile. Put my Spencer Reed hat on. Yeah, what's the profile of the killer? Please profile Brian Walters' killer. Special Agent Stephanie Piper. I think there's only a number of motives to kill the medical examiner. Okay. One, you're sick of the cover-up, you're sick of the corruption in Mystic Falls. That could be someone on the council who thinks we need to let the vampire secret out. The other path, someone whose family member was killed by a vampire that it got covered up and they want him to pay for this and want them to know that they know. Maybe Mrs. Donovan is back. (laughs) I'm just kidding, because that would be insane. But I do think it's like, I think it's probably the deeper motive is they want this vampire secret out to the whole town. Mm -hmm. Now, who exactly wants that? Unclear. I think it's not impossible that Bill Forbes could be in the mix. You know, we met him and he left awful fast. Do you think if the goal is to get vampires exposed to the public, if that's the motive, do you think this is the only murder we're going to see? Or do you think some other people are going to get murdered in this quest? Oh, this is the start of a, a serial killer in Mystic Falls. There's too much like style to it. It's too much of a choice. It's too flashy to use a stake on a human. If they were just going to kill someone, they would just shoot it. Like if they just wanted to kill the medical examiner for whatever reason, there's no reason to deal with a stake. That's more work and less a solid of a choice. Sure. So this is clearly sending a message. This is sending a message to the sheriff that like, yes, we know about vampires. Yes, we know this guy has been covering up vampires. I think that's pretty clear from the criminal mind side of it all. Albert Einstein said, whoever undertakes to set himself up as judge in the field of truth and knowledge is shipwrecked by the laughter of the gods. Did you ever think we were going to see just a straight up homicide on the Vampire Diaries? I super did not. Let me tell you, when I first watched this episode, I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, Julie Fleck, you lost me. After a while, it's like, oh, good. Another vampire killed someone. Okay. Animal attack. Check. Like, it gets a little boring. This is why it's a very interesting raising of the stakes, because in a way, it is a lowering of the stakes. It's like not even vampires. This could still be a vampire who did it. Don't get me wrong. It would be funny of a vampire to stake someone. Interesting to kill a human in this way. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of this episode this week. 
As always, if you're enjoying Vampire Diaries and Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and five stars on Spotify Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's all for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.